Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Right now, Hurricane Adalia is making landfall on the Gulf Coast of Florida. There are massive storm surges, crazy videos of lightning. We are seeing massive 125 mile an hour winds, tornadoes, homes without power. And so I hope that we can, we'll start off this video with just a basic weather update. I know, very, very simple, and I'm not a weatherman, but I really hope everybody is going to be safe, and uh, going through this story may provide you with some key information about your loved ones or what's going on, which can benefit you. Of course, I want to stress, there are major political questions arising due to what's going on with the hurricane in Florida uh, related to climate change, Ron DeSantis's leadership, the corporate press, and I think there's a lot we should talk about, especially as it pertains to the arguments from the left about climate change, how it's impacting wildfires around this country, storms, droughts, and Hawaii, because there are interesting questions. But I think first, the big breaking news is what's going on in Florida with this hurricane. And as I stressed, you know, if, if, if even a little bit of this information, me uh, using this platform to inform you what's going on could, could help somebody, let's do this first. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. Adalia makes landfall Eyewall of monster category three hurricane batters Florida coastline with 125 mile an hour winds ahead of 16 foot storm surges and tornadoes as homes are flooded and over 100,000 are without power. Now, I do believe there's been an update that Florida has already restored power to many of the of these who have lost it due to these winds. It's important to understand that it is not necessarily the uh, storm itself making landfall, which causes the problems. In fact, typically, it is before the hurricane makes landfall. What happens is you can see here just uh, south of Tallahassee, Adalia is moving up into uh, uh, making landfall. The storm surges in red. The wind is pushing the water up, causing massive flooding. And it, it is very interesting that this is not a well-known fact. You, you think it should be. I learned this, uh, you know, 15 or so years ago when I first experienced uh, my first hurricane, and uh, uh, many people have known this throughout history for thousands of years. The real issue with hurricanes, or one of the bigger issues, is that the high winds create a storm surge, pushing the surface of the water up, causing it to flood the coastal areas. That is the big issue. And so 
We've got a lot of people that will come out now and they'll say, oh, you know, I'm looking at these storms. I'm looking at what's going on in, in Los Angeles. We had that tropical storm hit uh, the L.A. area. And many people are posting videos saying it's just like drizzle. Who cares? Not realizing that often with hurricanes, it is the massive flooding, which L.A. did see. So we can see right here, Dolly is making landfall. And so this is what you need to be uh, concerned about is flooding. Now, these are extremely high winds at 125 miles an hour, and there are going to be tornadoes. There's going to be a lot of damage. So please, everybody take precautions. Uh, you know, for a while I was doing these, these shout outs for safeandreadymeals.com. I, it's kind of paradoxical for me to say that and then mention that I don't actually have anything pulled up, but I do want to just stress the point. It's always important to have some kind of emergency provisions, water, food, uh, generator of some sort, especially if you're in areas like Florida where there's going to, where you're, if you're in a floodplain or if you're in an area that's, that's prone to getting hit by hurricanes, just consider this, man. It's not because the world's ending. You get these supplies because sometimes it rains and sometimes the rain causes floods. The roads could get knocked out. Power could be out. And you need to consider what are your emergency options? The more options you have, the more likely you are to survive. And we desperately need you and want you to survive. So in these circumstances, this is expected to pass. I think they have a, a, a map here of the uh, projected path. This storm is going to pass. It should be, it be gone within a day or two. Right now, we're looking at Wednesday into Monday, and it will pass through uh, Florida, Georgia, South Carolina with a moderate impact on the North Carolina coast before making its way back into the Atlantic and then trailing off. That being said, just consider, you know, even if it's a day, even if it's one storm, what is the aftermath? You know, a lot of people, you could they could lose their homes. And what is your emergency plan? So I hope everybody that was ordered to evacuate does uh, take that seriously. I do think the most important thing to get into uh, a bit of the politics, no one should be forced to, ev to evacuate. But in my opinion, when it comes to this stuff, if they tell you a hurricane is coming, 125 mile an hour winds, you are, we, we hereby issue the evacuation order. But if you stay, you stay, right? I don't like the idea they go and arrest people and they remove them. No, it just means that if the disaster hits, we're not coming to rescue you. That's your choice. I think that's how it should be. And I hope people take it seriously and do get out. Derek Van Dam says surge continues to pile into the Tampa Bay region, threatening homes nearest the coast. Lights are flickering around us. So let me, uh, there, there's a video right here. You can see this photo. Yo, these storm surges are getting very high. And this is what you need to be worried about. In this video we have from St. Pete Police, rescued one person this morning from the flooding in the Twin City Mobile Park. Take a look at this at this clip. You can see the water looks to be maybe two and a half feet right here. And you don't want to get stuck in this stuff. What you need to understand about this flooding. A lot of people see these videos and think it's funny and they'll go out and they'll run around in the flood waters because it's just water, right? It's just you're going swimming. No, 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 no. Look, take take the warnings from police seriously. I'd ultimately think it is your responsibility and your choice. But what happens with these flood waters is they're carrying debris. There could be needles, broken glass, rocks. The water flow could be moving quickly, could pick up quickly. And you could go in this water thinking everything's fine. And then a rock slams into your leg. You fall down and then you're gone. We saw in Los Angeles, these people were jogging next to these raging flood waters. I'm sorry, man, you slip one time in this rain and you are dead. So you should not be doing this, especially when you see the water rushing over the path they're jogging on and they hop with one foot over it. That is like the worst way. 
They should, you should not be doing this, man. So take a look at this peak storm surge uh, forecast we have. It looks like 12 to 16 feet right here on the Gulf Coast of Florida. And it's going to be between one and three, three to five, five to eight, up until this uh, uh, Wakula Jefferson County. It gets pretty serious to, uh, it looks like Wakula Jefferson County to Yankee Town. They're predicting 12 to 16 feet surges. Don't know if it's actually going to get that high, but please take that seriously, man. Uh, politics can be set aside for the time being. I just want y'all to be safe. This is the most important thing that, you know, people don't get washed away by this. I'm hearing really good things about the response from Ron DeSantis. I don't care about the the, the politicking because people are, of course, politicking. We can set that stuff aside. Right now, I'm, uh, I'm hearing a lot of praise for DeSantis's rapid response. I don't think he as the individual is the most responsible for what's, you know, what can and should be done. But he plays a huge role in the response as the executive leader of the state. So I'm glad to hear that there are some uh, compliments coming his way for the immediate response. And it's an excellent opportunity for him, for Ron, to uh, uh, show executive leadership, to outshine and and shutter the terrible social campaign that uh, his campaign has been waging. Yeah, sorry, it's just a fact. Again, glad to see that people are, are praising him. Power's being restored in some of these areas. Take this stuff seriously. There are questions. Now, look at these photos. These are amazing. Look at this. A video shows the rare St. Elmo fire weather phenomenon on Tuesday in Florida as the state embraces for Adalia. Crazy video. Someone was in a plane. And you see these lightning strikes. Put politics aside for now and, uh, you know, just just pay attention to what's going on. If they tell you to evacuate, you probably should, man. I'm not your boss. I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. But, you know, I just don't want anybody to get hurt. We want to minimize the amount of people who lose their lives here. But now let's get into the politics of the matter. All right. And the politics of the matter is climate change. Take a look at this from The Daily Caller. I mean this with due respect. Vivek Ramaswamy calls out MSNBC host for linking climate change to major hurricane. They could not wait. People are currently in the path of destruction and they could not wait to say the hurricane is climate change. My friends, this area of the country has been slammed by hurricanes for a very, very long time. Climate change is not, uh, I'm sorry, the weather is not climate change. But of course, Vivek Ramaswamy makes a very, very good point in pushing back on this. I just want to say, all right, nobody's perfect. I tried to give as much airtime as possible to the storm and information about the storm before getting into the, the disgusting political realm, because I do think safety matters. But now it is time for all of us to jump into the mud with the pigs and roll around with the dogs and the fleas and talk about the absurdity of the modern condition. Daily Caller says, Republican presidential candidate Vivek Ramaswamy called out MSNBC host Andrea Mitchell Tuesday for linking a hurricane approaching Florida to climate change. Hurricane Adalia is nearing the west coast of Florida, prompting evacuation orders in multiple Florida counties. A second hurricane, Franklin, is on the coast of the Carolinas and could threaten most of the east coast. Hopefully, we're, when we're looking at Franklin, I wonder if they have a, a link. It's, it's looking like it may stop and then move back out to the Atlantic. We're hoping this one does not make uh, contact. I think, uh, right, so let's, let's, let's pay attention to this. I don't think they have any of the data on Franklin, so let's get back into the political realm. Vivek Ramaswamy, so, uh, here's, here's where we're, 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 the quote. You said more people are dying from bad, bad climate change policies than, a, than of climate change. Andrea Mitchell said, according to a UN, UN agency, extreme weather events compounded by climate change caused the death of 2 million people between 1970 and 2021. Can you offer a shred of evidence that more than 2 million people died from converting to clean energy. 
It's another morning, and you're all set for work. You grab your coffee, head out the door, and your car decides today's the day it won't start. Panic sets in. You're not just late, you're stranded. Get ahead of unexpected car repairs before they strike with CarShield, the most trusted vehicle protection company. For almost 20 years, CarShield has saved millions of drivers from repair nightmares with low monthly plans that cover up to 5,000 major parts and systems, like pricey transmission and engine engine repairs, and check engine light mysteries. Visit CarShield today at carshield.com slash carlson. Plans include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to carshield.com slash carlson and save 20% today. Oh, man, what a silly, ridiculous thing to say. Um, I can offer you this, ma'am. Between the, the UN agency, according to your select source, right? That's always the problem with this. I've cherry picked this one organization that says climate change, uh, extreme weather events killed people. Therefore, climate change. Uh, OK, no, 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 no. Hold on. Whether or not extreme weather events are climate change. Now, that's a tough question. Of course, the media just keeps saying, oh, yes, it is. It is. It is. Yeah, well, you have countervailing. You, you have people coming out saying quite the opposite. You have, you have scientists recently who said, no, this is not this is not correct. And it's a hard point to, to drive home. But there's a lot of leaps there. Sorry. Climate, uh, extreme weather events killed people. Climate change caused extreme weather events. Therefore, climate change kills people. Can you prove that clean energy policies kill people? If we are to get off fossil fuels, Yes, very, very simply. What we're seeing right now, actually, you know what? Let me just throw it to Vivek Ramaswamy. He nails it. The dude, the, dude, the dude nails it. Quote, I can offer clear evidence the number of climate related deaths is down by 98% over the last century. The number of people who died of hurricanes, tornadoes, heat waves, and other weather related events in, in 1920, for every 100 that died then, two died today. And the reason why is more plentiful, abundant access to fossil fuels and technology powered by fossil fuels, Ramaswamy said. I can also tell today, this is a hard fact, none of this is disputed. Eight times as many people die of cold temperatures than die of warm ones, obviously. But he hits the nail on the head. Perhaps you will say that climate change causes these weather events and a thousand people died. And then the question arises, how many people die today compared to 100 years ago? More people died in storms. Okay. So even if your argument is that man-made climate change is driving these weather events, during these weather events, substantially less people die. That's a problem for your argument, because now the question is, who cares if there are extreme weather events if 98% less people die? Obviously, we don't want extreme weather events, but Vivek continues. They're going to say a 2011 study from the Reason Foundation found that aggregate mortality attributed to all extreme weather events globally has declined by more than 90% since the 1920s. Quote, the right answer to all temperature related deaths is more plentiful, abundant access to fossil fuels. The earth is covered by more green surface area today than it was half a century ago because carbon dioxide is plant food and carbon dioxide as a percentage of the atmosphere is still at a relative low. Mitchell pressed Ramaswamy, citing comments from the mayor of St. Petersburg. Quote, I mean this with due respect. And she, before she, we got to say this. She said that a hurricane is about to hit Florida and then tried to move on. And Vivek was like, nah. 
I mean this with due respect. If someone on the other side were an uneducated person from Arkansas who didn't go to college and offered one weather event as an anecdote to support global climate change, you would laugh them off the stage as a rube for saying they don't follow data. The same shoe has to fit the other foot. Follow the actual data. Full stop. Let me articulate this for you, good sir Vivek Ramaswamy, in a way I think that, uh, in my view, uh, hits the nail on the head slightly better. No, I think Vivek is completely right. But what I what I think needs to be added to this is when there's a blizzard, what do we hear? It's very cold. There's a blizzard. And then the conservatives and the Republicans come out and say, where's your climate change? We've got an Arctic, you know, polar sphere swirl vortex or whatever slamming this country. It's never been colder. And you're telling us global warming. And the left goes, you clearly don't understand what climate change means. Then you get a hurricane and they're like, see, climate change. Yo, friends, you don't get to point to a single weather event and be like, this proves global warming and then complain when the right points to a single weather event and be like, this disproves global warming. It don't work that way. Vivek is correct. If a conservative religious person comes out and says this extremely cold weather and, you know, we had record low temperatures. This is crazy. A month or so ago. So uh, I noticed extremely warm winter. Right. We had almost no snow out here. And people were bummed by it, whatever. Then this past month, I've got this little weather tracking app on my desktop and it says record low several times in one week because it was like 68 degrees in the summer. It was low temperatures. And then people on the right will say, where's your global warming? It's cold out right now. In fact, we had, a, we had an unusually cold uh, burst in the summer, which caused problems for many people in their crops out here. People were complaining. I think it had a problem with something happened with grapes or something like that. I have no idea. And then when the right comes out and says, where's your narrative now? They just go, that actually proves our narrative. No matter what it is, they will say it proves their narrative. You can't do that. By all means, go to the, uh, the scientists, ask them what they think. Here's the main problem with all of this. You've got people like Al Gore coming out 20 or whatever years ago being like, we're not going to have polar ice caps in 10 years. That didn't happen. You got Greta Thunberg being like, we only have three years left. And then three years later, it's like, yo, there's still ice up there. Nothing's changing. So when people say, like Vivek Ramaswamy says, that he believes there is climate change happening on this planet because climate changes all the time, but he does not think humans are causing it. What do they get? What, what does he get? Smeared. And you know what? Let's start to the political. It was, I believe, the DeSantis uh, uh, never back down or whatever, DeSantis pack, that tried to lie in the, in the most pathetic way about Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek said on the debate stage, the, uh, the GOP debates, he said, the climate change agenda is a hoax. They then play another clip where he's like, I'm not saying that climate change isn't happening. I'm saying that the policies they're putting forward, their, their, their carbon agenda and all of that is not, uh, is not real. And then he says, hey, like we're seeing we're seeing that, you know, weather's arising. We're seeing weather patterns, blah, blah, blah. And they tried. They were like, here's what Vivek said on stage. Here's what he said before. And you know what? We're not stupid. People on Twitter quickly immediately noticed. They were like, yo, those two clips complement each other. Vivek said the climate change agenda is a hoax, but we are seeing climate change. Putting those two quotes together doesn't change anything. I'll tell you what I find uh, most fascinating about this. The New York Times says chaos erupts when Republican candidates are asked if they believe in climate change. Vivek was booed by this. Oh, it's just so absolutely silly. What's currently going on? Here we go. 
Here's their narrative. In a storied river, fish are dying in droves as Canada, cha- uh, uh, Canada as, as climate change scorches Canada. That's right. Now, here's what I love. There are a lot of storm, a lot of storms. There's uh, heat waves. There's polar vortex, whatever. And right now we're dealing with a lot of fires. And there are people claiming that all the fires are arsonists. And then when I say, no, 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 guys, calm down. There was a clearly trackable weather pattern over Canada on uh, near the East Coast with with a lightning storm. And then you got a bunch of fires after the fact. So I my, my opinion is the fires that we're seeing, they are not overwhelmingly caused by arsonists. Then what happens is stories have come out past, present and future of arsonists. And people are like, we know they're arsonists. Tim is wrong. Why won't he admit it? It's like, dude, we know there are arsonists. I did like this whole video. Uh, 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 I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, uh, I, I did several videos. There you go. When far left extremists were setting fires in the Pacific Northwest and the media lied and said it wasn't happening. And I'm like, here are the videos of them doing it. I'm not saying every single fire. This is, this is what I can't stand about the political world. You have far left extremists and crackpots setting fires. We have videos of them doing it, but I don't believe that all of the fires are being caused by them. Just some. We catch them. They get arrested. It's reported in the press. We know it's happening. But in the political world, you get the corporate press saying, no, no, they're not doing it at all. No one's doing it. And then you get some people, the more conspiracy minded individuals saying all of these fires are being caused by arsonists. And then my favorite, the directed energy weapons. I certainly think it's fair to entertain the idea that directed energy weapons can cause fires. It's uh, what is it like? I don't know. It's 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 probably way too far for an actual laser to cause damage. But we did see that that video of, of the Chinese uh, weather scanning satellite, or whatever they called it, whatever that really is. I don't know if they have the capability of firing lasers from a great distance, start a fire in, the, in that capacity, unless they like hyper focused like a thousand lasers or something. No, I think the reality is storms cause uh, lightning, lightning strikes, dry areas burn forest mismanagement results in massive fires, and then we get slammed by all the smoke. There currently are a decent amount of fires. I think a lot of people are uh, overreacting to it, but let's just remain calm. Let's call it the arsonists when they're arsonists, and there are many, but I don't believe the overwhelming amount of the fires that we're seeing is caused by arsonists. And I, I, I really do think what we are seeing with the climate change agenda, I very much agree with Vivek Ramaswamy. Not 100%. I don't know. I'm not a scientist. I can only tell you that when Barack Obama is buying uh, uh, waterfront property in Martha's Vineyard, that according to all the climate change alarmists, his property will be flooded substantially and maybe even wiped out soon because of rising waters. You got to wonder what he really thinks. When you take a look at every financial institution with smiles on their faces, investing in beachfront property in Florida, 30 year mortgages. Are you kidding me? You're saying that that Florida is sinking and the, and the water and, it, and it's flooding and thus, you know, climate change is going to destroy the coastline. But you are offering 30 year mortgages. Now, I will I will stress that does lend itself to the idea they're lying for political power. I will also stress if you pay attention to the 2008, you know, mortgage backed uh, securities and subprime mortgage fiasco and the economic crisis. It's also possible that these banks, I, I, there's a viral video where a guy's like, if this was real, banks would be required to give you a warning on, a persp- on every prospectus saying like your property will be submerged and uninhabitable in 30 years. And they don't do that. 
Yeah, sorry. Forgive me if uh, I don't believe these people actually care about long term investment. The guys selling these mortgages, the guys doing these deals are thinking, I'll get a bonus right now if I make this deal. They don't care what happens in 20 or 30 years, and the bank ain't paying attention, very much like 2008. So I don't think that necessarily disproves everything, but I think it does show that the financial institutions, well, hey, look, man, let's put it this way. If the climate change stuff is real, a lot of people are going to get wealthy when they short coastal property, when they, when they short stocks, mortgages, bonds, whatever, tied to like all real estate. The majority of people in this country live on the coasts. And if the water is going to rise, all their property is getting wiped out. So you figure that one out. I don't know. For the time being, let me say. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arkseedkits.com politics, man, it's usually everything. Everybody wants political power and they'll try and figure out exactly what they have to do to get it. So what do you do? Just watch out for this stuff. Pay attention and focus on you, your family, your friends, and what you need to do to be prepared for when a storm comes. Because I tell you this right now, to the people that are in the Gulf area, the Gulf uh, coast of Florida, the, the, you know what doesn't matter? These political debates. I'm, I'm, I'm sure as they're sitting in their house watching the floodwaters come, and saying, OK, let's get out of here, worrying about where they're going to go, what water they're going to be able to drink and what food they have. The last thing they care about is whether or not your political debate is going to result in policy changes. For the time being, let's focus on rescue efforts, saving human lives. And so there's your nice little little weather story sandwich. We'll start with the importance of what's going on there, hoping everybody is safe, complain about politics and wrap up with make sure when it comes to these weather events, you're paying attention, ignore the bickering, ignore the politics, whatever. All that matters right now is that you guys stay safe. I got a lot of friends down there. We've got a lot of infrastructure personally because we, we utilize a lot of infrastructure built out of Florida. I hope everybody is prepared for this because what happens down there to you matters to the rest of us. We care about you. We don't want you to get, we don't want you to get hurt. We love Florida. We love the, the Florida stories. Ron DeSantis has done a really great job in Florida as governor. I'm hearing really great things about his response. So I, I'm, I'm glad that he's, he's taking care of these things. And I think it's time. You know, look, man, right now is not the time for people to be coming out and ragging on DeSantis because they want to earn political points. Trump's the clear front runner. Let's let Ron DeSantis do his job, that he ne- the one that he needs to be doing, and make sure the first responders are going to save as many lives as possible. And then after the fact, we can say, and take the high road. I hope he does a good job. We'll see where we end up at the end of this. But I look forward to saying thank you, Ron DeSantis, after this is all said and done for, his, for the response that resulted in lives saved. And then we can get back to what we think about his campaign and moving forward. We can separate the politics from the job that needs to be done. 
I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. Let's be real. Nobody knows what is going to happen in 2024. Donald Trump faces dozens, nearly 100 indictments. He may have his name removed from the ballot. We have no idea where this goes. The economy could change. It could crash. Student loan debt is about to kick back in in what, like a couple weeks? The economy could take a major hit. Biden could crash. And it's possible that Donald Trump does win uh, in 2024 with a sizable margin. We have this story from Newsmax. McLaughlin poll. Trump beats Biden in electoral landslide. Aha, there it is. Now, hold on there a minute. They're not saying a landslide. They're saying electoral landslide. Understand what that means. They are not saying that Donald Trump will garner the majority of the population. They're not saying that he will have 80 million votes. They're saying that he's going to win the electoral college by a substantial margin. Now, back in 2016, everybody said Trump, it was a landslide. They were cheering for him because he won by like, what was it, like 70 electoral votes or something? Or maybe, maybe that's a, over the top, um, completely wrong. Uh, he won by a decent margin in the Electoral College, but his actual vote margin was only like 70,000 votes. He barely won the states that he did, which put him over the top. What will likely happen as of right now? Let me just stress, my friends, according to the current polling data that we have, if the election were held today, Trump has a very good chance of winning. In fact, looking at how the polls have been skewed, if we are basing this off of the merits and polling opinion, the the opinion of likely voters, Donald Trump would win today in all likelihood. However, we're a year and some months out. So who knows what will happen from now till then? Ballot harvesting plays a much bigger role than just convincing people to vote. And we don't know what's up with the polls. The polls have been wrong. And if you take a look at the polling data over the past couple of months, it's all over the place. So really, we are in uncharted territory. And there's a bigger question of what does it mean to actually win an election? Does winning mean that you've convinced more people to vote for you? Or does it mean that come January, you place your hand on that Bible and they say you are the president, in which case we have no idea what's going to happen. I do think this polling data is actually very, very interesting because McLaughlin in one poll has Trump up 10 points over Biden, which seems I'm sorry, I'm sorry, 10 points over Harris and over Biden, a couple of points, obviously with Kamala Harris, that makes a lot of sense. But it's interesting to see that this the McLaughlin polls they put out show Trump decisively winning. There are many other polls over the past few months which show the same thing. And right now, in the real clear politics average, Donald Trump is up 0.8. I'm sorry, Joe Biden is up 0.8%. Assuming there is a bias, Trump could actually win. 0.8% is not enough. The Democrats actually need around 7% advantage for a guaranteed victory. Because like I said, Trump is trying to win in key states, not in the general vote. So when they poll likely voters and you see nationally, that Joe Biden is doing well by, you know, he's up by like 0.8. What does that mean for the actual states Trump is trying to win? The reality, we may once again see a popular vote for the Democrat, but an electoral vote for the Republican. However, I think without lockdowns, which they may be bringing back, Democrats don't stand a chance. Ballot harvesting only goes so far. So what are they trying to do? Outright remove Trump from the ballot in states where he needs to win. And that's it. Game over. If these secretary of states 
unilaterally remove Trump's name from the ballot and say Wisconsin, it's over. Seriously, it's over. There won't be an election. They'll call it an election, just like North Korea calls their elections elections, but it's not an election. They'll say legally there is. But everyone will know in their heart of hearts there was not. Democrats will lie and say, but Trump's a criminal. Never Trump or DeSantis supporters will say, well, it's your fault for nominating a criminal. Despite the fact it is an unprecedented extra legal move, would likely lose at the Supreme Court. But like I said, don't be surprised if come October of next year, they remove Trump's name from the ballot unilaterally and then say, sue us. Good luck. Here's the current story we have from Newsmax. They say, after Georgia's indictment of Donald Trump, our new national poll shows he not only beats Biden, but he would defeat the current president in an electoral landslide. The McLaughlin McLaughlin National Survey finds Trump leads Biden 47 to 43, up two points this month alone. Even more remarkable, with our voter model for this poll, we assigned four more points of Biden 2020 voters than Trump voters. This means looking to 2024, there is an eight point turnaround in favor of Trump from the 2020 election. Biden voters are switching to Trump. But here's the really big news. In the key battleground states, Trump leads Biden 49 to 41. If the election was today, Trump would defeat Biden in an electoral landslide. Our poll and other national surveys are confirming a huge turnaround for Trump. I always want to stress the uh, um, cultural context or the contemporary context. You may find, and you will likely find, clips of this video circulating just before the election or just after or whatever, because we don't know what's going to happen. Watch out for the propaganda. What they will what they will do is they will strip the context from today, hindsight being 2020, and then apply predictions based on this information to future information for which we could not accurately predict. That is to say, we have no idea what's going to happen. Data today is favorable for Trump. We will see. But don't be surprised if in a year they play a bunch of videos of a bunch of different people, because they've done this to me and you all know it, where they strip out the context of, say, like Moody's analytics on the economy, which predicted a possible Trump landslide and then say, haha, he was wrong. Well, sure, I can only base the information at the current off the current. Well, let's roll. NBC News says it hath begun. Arizona Secretary of State Adrian Fontes said Tuesday that his office is figuring out how to handle potential complaints over whether former President Trump should be disqualified from the ballot. The issue centers on the 14th Amendment, blah, blah. Everyone knows this. Moving on. We have to have a final certification of eligible candidates for the primary ballot by December 14th for Arizona's presidential preference election. Font as a Democrat elected last year told NBC News. And because this will ultimately end up in court, we are taking this very seriously. New Hampshire Secretary of State David Scanlon is dealing with the same question. We need to run an election. We need to know who is eligible. And this is uh, of incredible national interest. Now, I I will say, don't be surprised if just before the primary, they do the same thing to make sure that it's a Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy who wins the Republican nomination. And then you will get a split Republican vote. People who go in and they'll check the box for whoever is there. And those who will just vote Democrat, those who will write in Donald Trump. If these are the three categories, Democrats win, which is why I believe that all Republicans should drop out of the race. Said it before, I'll say it again. I agree with Donald Trump. He said all these Republicans should drop out because then it's Trump no matter what. And they can't play these dirty games in the primary. Now, of course, they're going to argue that never Trumpers. No, DeSantis. And they're going to cry and whinge and burn DeSantis to the ground. It's unfortunate, but true. 
And that's DeSantis' own fault. He has courted these really awful people, and so be it. I do not believe DeSantis can win because his current campaign strategy is to spit in the face of anyone who disagrees. Look, if you want to win an election, you have to win over people. You have to play right. That's why Vivek Ramaswamy is, is soaring in the polls. He is running the campaign DeSantis should have run. And now you've got Trump supporters cheering for Vivek, even though Vivek needs to drop out. Now, I know, I know a lot of people are 100% for Vivek, don't like Trump. All due respect, I get it because I'm a big Vivek fan as well. I don't want Vivek to drop out. I want him to win, to be completely honest. I think he's fantastic. All the smears that are coming out, calling him names, saying he was a shill. They're posting videos from Hardball. He's an old clip where he appeared on a similar show at a later date from Pete Buttigieg. And I'm like, I don't care about that, dude. Have a conversation with Vivek Ramaswamy and you'll get it. Is the dude playing politics very well? Of course he is. He's really, really good at what he does. But you have a real conversation with the guy and he's quick. He's he I, I believe him. I certainly don't believe everything he says about everything because a lot of it's politicking. Everyone does it. Yeah, I get it. Do I think he is the savior sent from on high? No, he's just he's he will. Look, I'll tell you what, what really gets me is one. He tells the story of what gets him into this. I a very a lot of it is he was personally slighted by woke activists who targeted his company and now he's pissed off. But when he said he was like, I, you know, he's sitting here talking to me on the Culture War podcast and he's like, I don't know, they're probably gonna get mad at me for saying this, but, you know, talking about his campaign people is, you know, his advisors. But he's like, we got to have some kind of like civic requirement for voting. We just have to. And I'm like, you're going to sacrifice the youth vote because you're going to say something that needs to be said, something many of us have been talking about, you know, uh, 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 what is it? Service guarantee citizenship of some or something, something to that effect. Yeah, I, I like the stuff he said about the 9-11 commission report that they lied about Saudi involvement. This dude's doing things you're not supposed to do in a political campaign. You look at Ron DeSantis and he's playing it like every other establishment shill. So here's what I'm here's what I mean to say. You've you, with all due respect to DeSantis running. He's an excellent governor in Florida and with, with absolutely mean it. These guys need to drop out if the Democrats play this game for the now for now, the time being, let's see where this goes. But I got to be honest, I would not be surprised if Vivek Ramaswamy does drop out specifically in support of Trump. He is playing this masterfully. He knows he can't defeat Trump in a primary. So when the Democrats make the move to pull his name off the primary ballot, I would not be surprised if Vivek comes out and says, I'm standing down. I believe that I'd be the right man for the job, but we all can see the writing on the wall. We know that even with the gains we've made in the polls, Donald Trump is the clear front runner and it's time to acknowledge this. But the moves being made by the Democrats and these unilateral decisions are disruptive to our process. And if they seek to remove Trump's name and create a conflict within the Republican Party, we lose. I wouldn't be surprised. We'll see. Smartest play boost his profile, puts him in the running for VP. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five star reviews on Trustpilot, Google and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process and life changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. 
That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Tim Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. He said he doesn't want to be VP, but it doesn't matter. Being in the running, building that profile, he is hitting the nail on the head with the hammer. We'll see. So this is what they're trying to do. You've got New Hampshire, you've got Arizona, you've got Florida. They could remove his name. We'll see. Let's take a look at the polls. You know, it is funny because we're like a year and a half out, but it has begun. The August 23rd McLaughlin and Associates poll are insane. Trump up four points in one poll against Kamala Harris up 10 points. Yikes, they should not have ran her. Uh, And then we have two more up against Biden plus one, up against Biden again, plus one. I think it's important to point out the aggregates. So if you take a look then at the public policy polling, New Mexico political report, general election in New Mexico, you have Biden up six and eight points. But again, New Mexico in the general election from Ipsos, Trump is up six points over Biden. This is insane. General election, August 26, Emerson, Emerson, Harris X. Harris has Biden up one. Trump is up two. Trump is up five with Emerson. Amazing. Big Village runs four polls. In one, Trump is up four. In one, Trump is tied. In two more, Biden has the lead. Morning consult has Biden in the lead. As of right now, Trump is actually dominating massively in some of these polls with Ipsos putting Trump up six points. If the polls are skewing in favor of Democrats, this is apocalyptic news. But wait, things will change. Do not bet all your marbles on what we're seeing today. Here's the general election, Trump versus Biden. Right now, the aggregate from the RCP, uh, the, from our Real Clear Politics is Biden up 0.8%. We take a look at all the polling data going way back. Trump's doing ridiculously well, man. Take a look at this going back through uh, from last year until now. The Biden administration is floundering. And while there are many polls that show him in the lead, Trump has too many. Trump should not be doing this well. So here we are. It seems like right now, if the election were held today, Donald Trump wins. And they'll tell you he can't win. And uh, boy, man, you know, part of me, I feel really bad for Ron DeSantis. They had that photo, uh, that video clip. There's two clips that came out of the GOP debate the lesser known GOP debate. The first is where when asked, they said, if Donald Trump is convicted, how many of you will still support him? Vivek, boom, no questions asked. Of course, this is political persecution. Ron DeSantis then looks right, looks left, and then raises his hand halfway. Oof. But then you had that viral clip of Ron making, making a statement and then smiling, wincing, really going like, eh, and it looks really weak. And I'm just like, I feel bad for this guy. I think he know, it's like stressful. Not a place you want to be, man. I would never want to be in this position. And I, and I feel like what probably happened with Ron is that he was doing so well in the polls, and the prediction market. All of these powerful interests are like, you must run. They're not going to let Trump win. You have to do it. And he's like, OK, fine, I guess. Let's go. The dude clearly doesn't have the energy for this. 
and his surrogates, woo, and his supporters and his campaign staff, and his communication staff. Probably the worst I have ever seen in my life. Now, that's only a handful of presidential election cycles, but woo, boy, you take a look at his comms team. And he may as well have gone to like a local Boy Scout troop of 12 year old boys and said, you guys figure it out because you'll probably do better than what I got. I'm sorry, Ron. If you don't fire the people running your communications, you deserve to lose. Maybe that's what he really wants. Fine, I guess. But we will carry on. Interactive poll says new national poll from uh, YouGov. Trump is up by one point, a point four. Uh, I'm sorry, a plus four gain. And Biden drops by one point change versus July 25th for the GOP presidential primary. You've got Trump at 52 percent, DeSantis at 16, Ramaswamy at six. Should be interesting. Now, one big point that's coming up a lot. I talked about the other, the other day saying Trump can't lose if and it's a big if this poll is true. Fox News ran a poll showing that uh, Joe Biden has 61 percent of the black vote and Donald Trump has 20 percent. And I'm like, you know, I'm hard pressed to believe it. But if that that is true, Trump can't lose. Rob Smith made a video where he just said it's a pipe dream. Never going to happen. And he says anyone telling you the black vote will be 20 to 25 percent for Republicans and 24 is not being honest. In fact, they're lying. They lie to you about a lot of things. There's only one of them. You know, uh, let's let's break this down. Mike Cernovich says great video. I did believe Trump was going to do 15 percent or more. 2020 was the all in on the issue. I was surprised and disappointed. Yeah, Trump got around like eight. I was it like eight to 11 or something like that. There's no credible or logical response to your video. There, there absolutely is. There really is. Rob Smith says, I'm not expecting logic or reason, but I'm expecting a lot of personal attacks and emotion. Anyways, I stumped for Trump. I was on the jets going to events. I was in it and blacks didn't show up. It was disappointing. And instead of doing a postmortem on why it happened, uh, he says, uh, why it happened, we get lies and people repeating the same failure we just saw. It's Twilight Zone-ish. Mike Sonovich says, we got to realize most of these Twitter people don't leave their house as much. They go to GOP events with rich, rich white, wild people, white people, who is fresh and fit, had me laughing. I bet 90% of people telling you about black culture don't even know what Coachella is. Agreed. I stepped back from all of this for a minute because I realized that I was becoming divorced from the culture and spending too much time on Twitter cable news sets and GOP influencer functions. That is not the real world. I completely agree, but I do have a response. There is one response. The issue may be not that black voters shift Republican in massive numbers to the point where Republicans are guaranteed a victory. The issue is that black voters may not vote. And I'm not even saying in large numbers. Here's what I want to say to Rob Smith. I think he's right completely, 100%. Well, 99%. I do think it's fair to add that there can be a shift, the Kanye West impact that matters, but it's probably going to be minuscule. I think when you look at the actual data, what you're seeing is young black men may be shifting towards the Republican Party in small numbers, and that causes a shift, but it's not going to be 20% of all black voters. That's why I say that's a big if. As I, like the idea you can come out and be like the black community will vote Republican and Democrats have lost. It's guaranteed. Yeah, I don't know about that, but I do think there's a response. I don't think the response is, is you know, and, and, he, and he points this out. He's saying it doesn't mean you give up on advocating for conservatism in black communities. He says you just got to make sure that you're being realistic. And I completely agree with him. Now, here's what I'm looking forward to. In this video clip, 
You have no choice. Trump tells Glenn Beck he will absolutely lock people up if returned to the White House. Forgive me if I don't believe it. But I do think that Trump is more likely to fire people than anybody else. So I'll give him that. You said in in 2016, you know, uh, lock her up. And then when you became president, you said, we don't do that in America. That's just not the right thing to do. That's what they're doing. Do you regret not locking her up? And if you're president again, will you lock people up? Well, I'll give you an example. Uh, The answer is you have no choice because they're doing it to us. I always had such great respect for the office of the president, the presidency, and uh, but the office of the president. And I never hit Biden as hard as I could have. And then I heard he was trying to indict me, and it was him that was doing it. You yes. know, I don't think he's yes, sharp it was. enough to New, think about New York Times confirms Joe Biden spoke with Garland and said, do it. Much. But <laughs> he was there, and he was probably the one given the order. But he was, you know, hard to believe that he even thinks about that because he's, he's gone. But then I said, well, they're actually trying to indict me because every one of these indictments is him, including Bragg. You know, Bragg yeah. put his... He put his top people, I don't know if you know this, he put his top person into the office of the Manhattan District Attorney. We'll see. I am not entirely convinced Trump will lock anybody up. I do think he wants revenge. I do think he's personally slighted. I do think he's angry. And I do think we see firings. I think he'll reposition people and he's more likely to do it than anyone else. Vivek Ramaswamy has a plan. He talks about, you know, breaking up some of these offices and things like this, you know, moving them around, decentralizing them. I like Vivek. Um, I think he's great. But Trump's got the emotional edge right now with his indictments. I think he's going to say, "Okay, we have to do something. It's really just probability and it's light. So we will see no guarantees. It's hard to know exactly how this will play out. But I want to highlight the DeSantis campaign. In this tweet from Chris Nelson, oh, I saw this this morning. It's really funny because this morning I put out a video where I actually praised Ron DeSantis' response. I'm hearing really great things about what he's doing in Florida. So we'll keep the politics out of it. Good for him. Chris Nelson, here, here's, I'm going to give you my assumption of this guy. His profile is indie reporter, saved by God's grace, updates on Ron DeSantis and Florida news. I think this guy is a fake journalist that is running a sock puppet scam for the DeSantis campaign. But let me clarify once again. What I mean is, masquerading as an independent reporter, but just being fed talking points by the DeSantis camp to promote Ron DeSantis. It is the worst and most pathetic communications attempt I've seen. Now, I don't know that's true. I'm just saying it's my opinion based on what I'm seeing this person do. Take a look at this. He says, every one of these scumbags, many of whom live in Florida due to Governor Ron DeSantis's COVID policies, have not mentioned a word about Hurricane Idalia for political reasons. Some of them are elected officials. The hell with all of them. Get the hell out of the state. And of course, he mentions Matt Gates. And, you know, Carrie Lake, Carrie Lake's an Arizona candidate. I think it's funny. And of course, I'm there, too. Look at that. Tim Cast. He's saying, why aren't you talking about this particular hurricane? And it's funny. I know he posted it last night. I only saw it this morning because it's, it's, it's starting to get a lot of attention. And it's like so much for my morning video, I guess. Here's what I must say. First, he lied about Matt Gates, And I think he lied about a handful of other people. The issue was that he's just showing, uh, uh, you know, Idalia or whatever. And a lot of these people were talking about the hurricane, they were calling it. Gavin Wax said it, that the, what likely happened is that the DeSantis campaign gave him the image and said, use this, post it and go for the attack. I hope Ron DeSantis loses. I want to make sure that's very, very clear for all of you. He's a great governor, probably the best politician in the country right now. And he must lose. I hope his defeat is humiliating. 
I hope he is mocked handily afterwards. Why? Because he will not fire Christina Peshaw. He will not fire Jeremy Redfern or Brian Griffin. These people who are some of the worst, worst communications people I have ever seen. He won't fire them. And I can imagine the, the, the only reason he's keeping them around is because he doesn't want to win. And that's what I'm going to say. Ron's a smart, capable guy. I keep asking myself this question. Why won't he fire these people? He wants to lose. Seriously, he wants to lose. He's going to build a big you know, profile. We don't know where he'll go after this. He doesn't expect to actually defeat Donald Trump. None of his, none of his donors probably think that's going to happen if he has any donors left. And so the point is to build profile, get your little you know, B-tier moment, and then step back, write a book, and uh, maybe run for Senate or something like that. But I don't know where he goes after this. With a campaign as flustered and broken as he's running, I can only assume it's because he really does want to lose. That's it. Follow his surrogates and his supporters, and they say things like he can't, Trump can't possibly win. And you're like, look at the data. We've gone over the polls. Like, what do you mean Trump can't win? He's likely. He's got the edge right now. I mean, he could lose for sure. And they might cheat. They might pull his name off the ballot. I mean, they're literally cheating. But that's nothing to do with the, 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 with the uh, electoral process. I'm just, I'm really let down. I'm really bummed. Last year, I was, I was in the bag for DeSantis. He was the guy sitting there with the Daily Wire crew being like, this is it. I mean, he's, he's younger. He's got the tact. He's got the policies. He's primed. And then after all of the, you know, I'll put it this way. The reason why I think he wants to lose is that people like Chris Nelson and, uh, you know, Christina Peshaw attack DeSantis supporters. And it's just like, why are you doing that? Like, for what purpose are you doing that? We had Bill Mitchell on the Culture War podcast with Laura Loomer and Kyle Becker. Becker being more middle of the road, liking DeSantis, supporting him uh, a bit and then kind of walking back. Laura Loomer heavy in the bag. In fact, no one supports Trump more than Laura Loomer. Hands down, no questions asked. And then you had Bill Mitchell, who I'd say probably no one supports DeSantis more. It's a really interesting conversation. When I asked Bill Mitchell why it is that the DeSantis actual staffers are insulting and attacking me, when I'm like middle of the road or even praising DeSantis, he said, yeah, well, Laura Loomer said this about me. And I'm like, what does that have to do with me? There's no answer. There's no answer. Ron DeSantis is either asleep at the wheel, wants to lose, or is incapable of, of being a leader. And if he can't fire his staff who are running his campaign to the ground, then he deserves to lose. I do not want a man of this weakness to be in the White House. If he can't fire his own, his own failing campaign staff, he fired some, don't get me wrong. He rehired some through his uh, governor's office, which people are questioning. But if he can't fire these people, how is he going to fire anyone else? These are the easiest firings to do, to be like, look, you failed your job. You are burning the campaign to the ground. Get out. You think he's going to have an easier time going against, up against the bureaucrats, the intelligence agencies? Get out of here. He's got unilateral authority right now to be like, you out of my office. You suck. Good luck when you're up against the, 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 the deep state. So it is what it is, man. Hey, man, I could be wrong because a lot of things can change and we'll see. Maybe Ron DeSantis finally comes out and says, you were all right. I've got to fire these people, man. Look at this. It's remarkable. Vivek Ramaswamy did put out tweets about the hurricane and praised Ron DeSantis and they're insulting him. These people are so stupid. I hope he loses. 
because Matt Gates, look at this, they're insinuating Matt Gates has said nothing. Matt Gates is a Florida rep. He's been tweeting nonstop about the hurricane. These people are despicable. I hope he loses. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The former president and current frontrunner for the Republican Party has been indicted several times. Obviously, his supporters think it's BS and his detractors think it is accountability. And in the same time, we are learning that the DOJ is rejecting subpoenas from Congress in an investigation as to what Hunter Biden is doing, which will connect to what Joe Biden is doing. The DOJ has effectively gone rogue. Only way you can call it out. They're indicting Donald Trump, trying to destroy an election, cheating. And then when Republicans say, OK, well, let's take a look at what's going on with Hunter, they say, nope. If you thought that there was a working system in this country, you were wrong. What I should say, law enforcement. What really is happening is that two factions are fighting for control of one governmental system. And uh, whatever you want to call that. I mean, this story is, uh, you know, part, partly I'm shocked and partly I'm not. The DOJ saying that they're going to let Hunter Biden off the hook effectively. Well, here you go, ladies and gentlemen. The Washington Examiner reports the Department of Justice informed the House Judiciary Committee on Tuesday night that it would not cooperate with subpoenas for two FBI agents involved in the department's investigation of Hunter Biden because of the committee's stipulations for their depositions. Carlos Uriarte, DOJ Assistant Attorney General, claimed in a letter obtained by the Washington Examiner to Committee Chairman Jim Jordan that his subpoenas to the two agents lack legal effect and cannot constitutionally be enforced because Jordan had prohibited DOJ lawyers at their depositions. The subpoenas issued by the committee prohibit the attendance of agency counsel at appearances by two FBI employees where the committee has indicated it will ask questions regarding information they learned within the scope of their official duties, including regarding the ongoing criminal investigation. He also noted the compelling testimony from the pair of FBI officials, special agents Thomas Sobosinski and Rayesha Holly, I'm probably not saying those names wrong, of the FBI's Baltimore field office, was premature because the DOJ was open to continuing discussions with Jordan. Jordan's deposition rule aligns with House rules, which do not permit department counsel at depositions. The DOJ and the committee could, however, negotiate to have Sobosinski, Sobachinsky, probably maybe that, and Holly appear voluntarily with DOJ lawyers instead of appearing in the form of a deposition. Let me just simplify this for all of you, my friends. The DOJ will do what they want when it comes to shutting down Trump, and they will reject what they want because they will do what they want. They have called parents protesting at schools terrorists. They've indicted Donald Trump. They have locked up pro-life activists for staging sit-ins threatening them with now uh, 11 years in prison, up to. They have placed January 6 rioters in solitary, now going on years. And we are learning that Enrique Tario and many of the other Proud Boys are facing, I think, 33 years in prison for seditious conspiracy. Now, I can certainly criticize a lot of what the Proud Boys have done. Don't get me wrong. And if you want to come out and argue that they crossed a line, a moral line, and you think they deserve to go to jail, fine. I don't think 33 years is appropriate. I think it's way over the top. But uh, make any argument you want. Tell me you think they deserve life in prison. Make the argument. Do it. I'll disagree, but make the argument. And I will respond with, what about 
any of the other far left extremists, any of them. What about the the uh, the rioter who just got awarded some, something like three or four million dollars because the cops were using uh, expanding foam rounds? What about the rioters in Washington, D.C., the far leftists who won a multi-million dollar settlement from the city? You see where this goes? If you're on the left and you engage in insurrection, they give you millions of dollars. If you're on the right, they'll lock you up for the rest of your life. If you are the son of Joe Biden, they will block your efforts to seek justice because there are evil people. This is outlook. I'm sorry, man. You want to talk about all the things you don't like about Trump? Sure. You want to say Trump is corrupt in a lot of ways? He's a businessman. Fine. Say it. Don't care. But there is no comparison to a lifelong career corrupt individual in the Biden family to Donald Trump. Sorry. Trump's president is in politics for one term. And everybody loses their minds. And Joe Biden's been doing this for decades. We know it. It's all there for you. He lies and lies again. And this is what you get. Now, I'll tell you the solution. I get really annoyed by these people who are screaming for violence because they're wrong. And that is the path to defeat. There was a, a super chat we got yesterday on IRL and they're like, you know, Tim, you get so mad saying that no one's doing anything. But then when we say we're, it's time to take action, you're like, no, wait, don't. It is the stupidest thing. I'm sorry. It's just too stupid. What I'm talking about is you have parents, you have employees there. I was specifically referring to a woman. I think it's a woman who had claimed on Facebook, a, a prominent singer, entertainer, that puberty blockers were a scam hurting children. And then because of the backlash and threats, they went, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I said this. And it's just like, that's the problem. Winning the culture war and gaining back power requires confidence from the people and violence does not build confidence. The government has a monopoly on violence. And when they enact that violence, even then it breaks down and erodes the system. That's how you end up with Black Lives Matter exploiting videos of police brutality or police action in general and saying, fear them, fear them, they're illegitimate. The last thing anyone needs is some moron, you know, uh, anti-establishment figure to engage in any kind of violence. January 6th was exactly what they wanted to remove Trump's name from the ballot. Do not give them more. Here's what you do. It's really simple. Download Public Square. Yep. Yeah, I know. And a lot of people are like, what an app? Dude, Bud Light tanks. We're now hearing that these big hedge funds are getting scared of ESG because they're like, we are losing power. Money talks, BS walks. Target, stop going there. Only shop at companies that support your values. You can find this out by going to Public Square uh, on the app and looking for these businesses. Don't vote for these evil people. Vote for good people. Knock on doors. Ballot chasing and harvesting. Don't get me wrong. They'll accuse you of crimes. They'll lie. They'll cheat. They'll steal. They will lock you up for questioning if they cheated. That's what they're doing right now because it's the only move they have left. But my friends, for the regular people that you need to win over, because this is going to require getting a lot of moderate and uninitiated people to wake up, you need to convince them to join X, formerly Twitter. Tell your liberal aunt, oh, uh, if, if they ask you something, do you see this story, what Trump did? Like, oh, I didn't see it. How did you not see it? Well, I don't know. I'm just are you on X? Are you on Twitter? Well, go on there and send it to me. Get them on these platforms so they can be exposed to new information. They're famously, that woman from the Westboro Baptist Church got de-radicalized by being on Twitter and being exposed to other people. 
That's the path forward. Peaceful, nonviolent, economic. We gain power by building through meritocracy. They gain power through force. But you cannot maintain that crackpot concept. If there's a dude who is building widgets, the only thing they can do to fund their efforts is to try to steal them from you. So it's simple. Only economically support those who agree with your values. Do not economically support those who don't. And then the donor funds dry up, their elections fail, they become desperate, try and use the force of the DOJ against you, but it cannot work because, like I said, it makes them look illegitimate. Who was it who tweeted, Fannie Willis's indictment of Trump may have, may have been the greatest campaign gift anyone could give to him? He's, uh, he's the victim now. He's being unjustly prosecuted and persecuted. You know, they say that um, when someone tries to assassinate a political leader, their approval rating skyrockets. What do you think happens to Donald Trump when you try to imprison him as the front runner? The majority of Americans, even large numbers of Democrats, I think the majority of Democrats think that the prosecution of Trump is political. They're hurting themselves in their violent, thrashing desperation. Let them have it. I look at these stories and I wonder, I'm like, they want Trump supporters to act a fool. Don't do it. Smile, wave and avoid any opportunity that they could smear you or lie about you. Don't let them have it. Instead, open an ice cream shop, sell ice cream, make money, make the right investments, watch Bud Light fail. There is money to be made. There is success to be had. And there is a shining, beautiful future for you in this country. When you focus on building your family, working hard, rolling up your sleeves, getting in shape, stop eating the brominated flowers and drinking the brominated vegetable oil, stop drinking sodas and high fructose corn syrup, start exercising. You want to know what you can do to win? It's simple. Be in shape, start a family, work hard, make money, only support businesses that support you and make sure you advocate for and vote for politicians that you trust that are standing up for what you believe in. Republicans suck for the most part. Democrats overwhelmingly suck and libertarians tend to be okay. but it is an uphill battle. It will not be easy. But the answer to this. Talk about it. Talk about it. That's all you got to say. If someone goes, do you see that that Donald Trump got got indicted? Like that was crazy. And then they're then they got that thing. And this is how let me let me slow down. Here's how I respond. Someone comes to me and says, did you hear about, you know, Donald Trump being indicted? I'll be like, "Ah, yeah, that's crazy, man. What was it they're saying that like, he was trying to get people to like find votes or something like that. I don't, I don't know. Right. Right. You saw Yeah, that's crazy. And then you got that, uh, that Biden thing, man. I mean, who are we supposed to vote for this time around? You know, you got Trump being accused of the election stuff. You got Joe Biden, that, uh, that Ukrainian guy came out and said that he was bribing people. And they're like, oh, I don't know anything about that. And be like, I, look, I'm just saying, I think they're all crooks. I'll tell you what, my friends, telling someone who only hears bad things about Trump that, yeah, I hear you. I think they're all crooks. It's better than nothing. But I'm not saying it's, it's, it's the easiest path forward. I'm just saying, let them engage in this crack pottery and make themselves look illegitimate. And you just go out there and be successful. This election is going to come down to, in my opinion, procedural moves, universal mail-in voting, ballot harvesting, etc. That's how you win this one. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I will see you all then. I'm sorry, I am shocked and offended by this story. You see, this uh, this here woman, this YouTuber, her name is Eugenia Cooney. 
She has been a subject of much attention for quite some time because of her low weight. And I am deeply, deeply offended that so many people who would celebrate body positivity would now come out and say this woman should be banned because she's going to die. Now, let's get real. A lot of people are saying this is no different than someone being morbidly obese. They are unhealthy and they are influencing young people in dangerous ways. And we've actually already heard some uh, testimony from people. I should just say some posts where they're like, you know, a kid I knew or like a younger sibling started dropping weight and not eating because they wanted to be like Eugenia. You know, I'll come out and say it. This should not be promoted. And there's a big challenge with social media. What do you allow and what do you not allow? Should we say that YouTube should downrank dangerous content? Well, that's what led to political content being downranked. So what do you do? It's a tough question. I don't know that censorship is the answer, but I do believe that people who are on the verge of death should have some kind of medical intervention. Here's the story. Anorexic YouTuber Eugenia Cooney 29 is urged to get help after showing off dangerously thin frame in painful new dancing video. I'm sorry. I think it is disgusting that people support this and would protect this. This woman needs to be taken offline, given an intervention. Bring back the institutions, man. Fifty one fifty. I'm sorry. I don't I don't know to tell you. I get it. I get the challenging questions. If you give the government the right to lock people up because you think they're crazy, they'll lock up their political opponents. They'll claim being a Republican is crazy. They'll claim wanting to be fit is crazy. So what do you do? We don't want someone like this influencing kids to to cause damage to their bodies and their health. At the same time, we want this individual to have their right to free speech. And if they don't want to eat, well, what do you do about it? Hard lines, my friends, hard moral lines. I think the issue comes down to this. We do not decide what actions to take based on a hard logical principle, but on our personal morals. That is to say, I believe people of any political persuasion should be allowed to advocate for their political views. And there are limitations. Don't incite people to go and kill others, things like that. But I also think that if you are advocating for people to cause harm to themselves, then perhaps you should be censored because that is bordering on the criminal. Instead, what we have is a moral culture with YouTube where they're like, it's totally fine if you're going to not eat until you die or you eat until you die. But heaven forbid you advocate for secure borders. That is a fractured and broken worldview. Here's the story. Fans of anorexic YouTuber Eugenia Cooney are begging the star to get professional help after she once again showcased her rail thin frame and protruding hip bones in a painful new dancing video. Eugenia, originally from War, uh, how do you pronounce it? Worcester, Massachusetts, first rose to fame in the early 2010s after she began sharing beauty tutorials on YouTube. But she has sparked serious concern in recent years if she started showcasing a very slim physique in her posts. Most recently, her followers were left even more terrified for her health after she shared a new clip of herself lip syncing along to Bitty Bitty Bomb Bomb by Selena uh, Quint- uh, Quintanilla Perez on TikTok. Eugenia donned a tight purple jumpsuit which left her slender figure unfold slender, her skeletal figure. Come on. Oof, man. Yeah, she's going to die. She, this, 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 this woman is maybe even hours away at any point from literally just dying. I'm not exaggerating. Why? I, I, YouTube should be intervening here. If someone had a video where they were bleeding out, wouldn't you like call 911? 
And the internet, it really pisses me off sometimes. I got to be honest. More clips. Jeez. Many people took to the comment section of the video, which got more than 8 million views in less than a day, to urge the social media star to seek medical assistance and check herself into a recovery center. I really wish you'd go to a recovery center. This is scary, one viewer wrote. Another added, I love, I uh, love, I adore you, and I'm officially terrified for you. What can we do to convince you to get help? Please seek, seek medical assistance. You know, you want to you you live in this world where anyone can identify as whatever they want and they can modify their bodies as whatever they want, even if it can cause physical harm, trauma, and death? This is what happens. I do not live in that world. Some, man, YouTube, what up? I don't know. You are beautiful and far too young to leave this world. Get help, lovely. Oh my goodness, love, please get help. It's, I'm afraid it's almost too late. Yeah, it is. I don't even think that this individual can eat a real meal because it would probably kill her. I read about how if someone's starving, they haven't eaten for a long time. You can't, you have to give them like soup so it can kickstart their digestive system once again, because um, what is it? There's like a, a story about, or like a movie or something where a guy, a rich guy, like the villain, he like walks into a, a tribe of starving people and he throws them a Snickers bar and they, or a candy bar and they rip it open and eat it. And they go like, and they kill over and just drop dead because your body needs stuff to break down stuff. And if it can't, then you just die. I don't know how this person hasn't been committed to an inpatient facility by now. This is a display of severe illness and malnutrition. Someone else said that she was setting a bad example for young girls. While another viewer asked why TikTok was allowing her to glamorize unhealthy behavior. I'll tell you why. TikTok promotes people self-harming. They do it all the time. Maybe it's about time we ban TikTok or put it under the control of a U.S. entity and regulated this stuff. Promoting self-harm to children, man. Ban kids from it. I don't know. Someone else said that she was setting a bad example for young girls. It's hard to watch her. A different user wrote. Another added, she's a living skeleton. Yeah, not for long. She's going to lose her life. Look at all this. Jeez, man. That pisses me off. This is the worst she's been. Back in 2016, more than 18,000 people signed a petition that called for her to be banned from YouTube after they claimed she was promoting anorexia. At the time, she released a statement that read, some people are saying I'm a bad influence on girls. You are. I just want you guys to know, like, I have, ne I have seriously never have tried to be a bad influence on YouTube. Of course, but you are. I would never want to do that. I have never told anyone to try to lose weight or to try to, like, change the way they look. That's not how it works. The petition appears to, to be gone. In early 2019, Eugenia took a break from social media to seek treatment. But when she returned a few months later, viewers pointed out she still looked unwell. <clears throat> In a YouTube video, the vlogger later explained that she got help after a group of her friends brought up a series of concerns they had regarding her health. She was then put on a 5150, a 72-hour psychiatric hold at a hospital in LA. After that finished, she headed to a recovery center in Connecticut where she stayed for four weeks. And apparently it did not work. This is disgusting. She's got to get help, man. Please, someone help this woman. Look at these photos. She's on the verge of death. I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Her heart will stop at any moment. Anorexia is an eating disorder that causes people to obsess over their body image. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. We live in a world where if you have a bad body image and you do not identify, you can modify yourself in any way you want. 
morbidly obese individuals are praised and celebrated, even though they're dying as well. Their hearts will give out at any moment. It doesn't matter to people. You know, what can you say? Right now, I watch this every day. They sterilize kids. They abort kids. They advocate for these horrible body images. They advocate for children to undergo surgeries and these treatments, which cause them harm. And in the end, it results in the, in the death or, or, or medical ailment of these individuals. The end result's clear. The future will not have these individuals. I doubt this woman could have a child. And I think when you look at the agenda of so many of these Malthusians and they say, There's gotta, we, we need less people, they're not going to fight this. They're going to sit back and say, let the stupid weed themselves out. And what are you supposed to say to that? What do you, how do you respond to, we desperately beg people to live better lives and to be healthy, but they won't listen? What more can you do? I'm not convinced that passing laws to force stupid people to be smart is possible. You can't. Someone who refuses to eat and celebrates it won't eat. You can force them into a hospital and they'll come out and they'll keep doing the same thing. So I don't have the answers for you, my friends. I can just tell you that we live in a society that advocates for people to to hurt themselves. And they claim that they say, you know, they don't promote self-harm. They promote self-harm. And now you've got Canada medical assistance in dying. So I ask you where you think this is all going, why you think it is that this person is still getting millions of views on social media, that TikTok would allow it. This and anything else related to body positivity. Body positivity is when I say something like exercise, eat right and do your best. This is not it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Uh Oh, the press is mad. They're mad at Jordan Peterson for misgendering Jazz Jennings. For those of you who aren't familiar, and I'm sure most of you are, Jazz Jennings is the famous transgender reality TV star. In a recent article titled The Tragedy of Jazz Jennings, Spiked Online documents the life of jazz from a critical point of view. And it's actually, in my opinion, rather horrifying. I think there are a lot of things to be brought up about Jazz Jennings. The child abuse, I think, is is obvious and ongoing. I know jazz is an adult now, but this still happened in Florida. And typically with, I mean, you watch these videos, law enforcement should intervene. Oh, but the media is oh so angry. Newsweek writes, Jordan Peterson has divided users on social media platform X after misgendering YouTuber Jazz Jennings. YouTuber Jazz Jennings? Do you know who Jazz Jennings is? Jazz Jennings is not a YouTuber. Conservative influencer Peterson quoted an article by British online magazine Spiked Online, written by Malcolm Clark, that had the headline, The Tragedy of Jazz Jennings. The post pulls in Clark's words and reads, quote, the plight of Jazz Jennings reveals the cruelty of gender affirming care. This young reality TV star will never have a normal life. Hormones and puberty blockers are doing irreversible damage to kids, says Malcolm Clark. Peterson captioned this, his retweet, never forgive his mother. I'm going to pause right there. Who does his refer to? Newsweek. Maybe Jordan Peterson meant Malcolm Clark, who's a man, right? Uh -huh, I got you there. You assumed the gender mm -hmm, of Jazz Jennings without asking. Now, let's be real. We know Jordan Peterson was referring to Jazz Jennings, who's biologically male, as a him. Multiple social media users called him out, correcting Jazz's pronoun and said her. One questioned. Can you just not hit return when you tweet? 
Some of his followers misgendered the influencer in their replies and agreed with Peterson's commitment, uh, comment, I'm sorry, on the mother figure being to blame. Newsweek has reached out to Peterson and Jennings representatives for email comment. Why? It's so dumb. Jennings is a transgender activist whose show I Am Jazz documented her journey and day-to-day life in Florida with her family. The 22-year-old published a book of the same title called I Am Jazz. In June this year, the star conducted a virtual book reading at a pottery barn store, which caused a stir among conservative customers, with many opting to boycott the brand. And you should. The children's book, I Am Jazz, tells the real life story of the influencer who was assigned male at birth. Let me just pause right there and say, observed to be male by a doctor and diagnosed with gender dysphoria at the age of four. Peterson had commented on the LGBT plus community before, and we get it, we get it, we get it. We understand what's going on. All right. I got another story for you guys. Because it's not all bad news. California mom, Jessica Conan, settles landmark victory against Spreckles Union School District for $100,000 after she claims her daughter was socially transitioned. This is interesting. Jessica Conan's daughter, Alicia, 11, was allegedly told by Buena Vista Middle School that she was, uh, Spreckles, that she was upset because she didn't know who she truly was inside. The school allowed the child to use the boy's bathroom and male pronouns in class without the mom's consent. Now, all of a sudden, Daily Mail has decided to opt for the female pronouns for the female. Now, why would this child say they don't know who they are inside? Perhaps because the school is confusing them. Single mom Conan accused teachers of encouraging her daughter to think she was a trans boy when she was at the school in 2019, only for the child to return to her female persona while learning remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic. Despite not admitting fault, the Spreckles Union School District settlement marks an important moment in the debate across the U.S., about parental, how, how parental rights fit in with children's decision in school settings. Conan launched a legal claim against the school and two seventh grade teachers in 2021, claiming they kept her daughter's phony trans identity a secret from her and hid that she had been having suicidal thoughts. The child is now attending high school in another district and has re-identified as a girl. I'm going to break this down for you. I will try to be as respectful as possible. I fear for Jazz Jennings. I believe that without actual governmental intervention to take jazz out of this abusive environment, jazz is at high risk for suicide. I believe there needs to be some intervention to protect jazz. I believe that if jazz Jennings went through male puberty, jazz would likely just be a typical teenage uh, adult uh, male. And I believe that the family intervened for monetary and political gain based on everything I've read. I could be wrong, but that's just how I feel about the scenario. What we know when looking at the data is that children desist, not detransition, desist. Desistance is when a child will express a uh, opposite gender identity or wear the opposite gender's clothes. And then after reaching puberty, stop doing it and just go on to identify as their biological sex. The estimates are between 65 and like 90 some odd percent, 93, it's some ridiculously large number. It's like 67, maybe to like 95. The overwhelming majority of trans children, according to the data, when going through their natural puberty, will identify with their biological sex. Understand this. If the rate of suicide among transgender individuals is high, and what do they say? It's around 47 percent. And the likelihood of a child desisting is even higher. Do the math. If you transition a child, you are putting them into a category with an abnormally high rate of suicide. 
if you let them go through the natural puberty, the likelihood is basic math. They will be okay. So why do we allow this to persist? Why do we allow shows like I Am Jazz to to continue without there being some kind of outrage? If you take a look at the story of Jazz Jennings, you can see that it's substantially worse than most people let on. Jazz was supposed to go to college. Didn't. Became seriously depressed after three botched genital surgeries to create a, I don't know what you'd call it. They like to call it a neo-vagina. I don't like that news speak, right? The purpose of the surgery that uh, Jazz undergoes is to create an, an orifice by which another individual can engage in um, sexual activities for pleasure. That is not right. what female parts are for. Female parts in- incorporate pleasure of, uh, for sure, but it's also about pregnancy and reproduction. Here's what I think. I hope that uh, Jazz gets help. Because when you look at the show and you look at these clips, you have a mother that says, why aren't you dilating? Jazz clearly does not want to. This is the process by which you use a tool lubricated to expand the orifice that was surgically created. Jazz clearly does not want to do this. Jazz's mother insists that Jazz do it or she will do it for you by force. Jazz becomes depressed, can't go to college, becomes morbidly obese, says that I don't feel like, that's a quote, I don't feel like myself. I have to wonder why that is. Perhaps it's because your life is controlled and you have been put in a position you never should have been put in. When you look at these stories and you look at the article from Spiked Online about Jazz struggling to date, the risk is clear. Jazz exists in a kind of social limbo where far left activists will sing their praises, but not go anywhere near dating Jazz. Jazz can go and try to be with any typical adult male, but they're going to say the same thing. There's no attraction. No breakdown why I think why. Jazz will likely have to find a very, very small community of individuals to actually date from. The overwhelming majority of males and females in the world are heterosexual and heteronormative, as the left would describe it. That means that a man wants to be with a woman, a woman wants to be with a man, a male with a female, female with a male. They try to redefine these words, but the social construct means nothing. I wonder how much they consider this. Smell. I remember, uh, and I like to cite, The Science of Sex, a documentary series I saw on HBO a long time ago. I think it was HBO. Maybe it was Showtime. I don't know. And they had a bunch of guys run on treadmills. Got real sweaty. They then took the shirts off these men and put them in jars. They then had a bunch of women come into the room, and they were told to sniff each shirt and say whether they thought it smelled good or bad. Here's the amazing thing. Women who smelled the shirts, they don't know where the shirts came from. It was just numbered jars. All of the women, when they smelled the shirt of a family member, said it was gross. Non-family members, they would say, like, this one smells kind of good because smell matters in sexual attraction. And they were saying at the time, and, and the science may have changed, that our smell gives us information on the immune system. Don't know if that's still the case. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But smell matters. Jazz Jennings is a biological male. And even with female hormones, is going to be giving off a unique smell. So what do you think is going to happen? There have been many 
instances where Jazz has uh, tried to date a guy and he said, well, let's just be friends. You're so unique. And Jazz says, it's so hard dating as a trans person. I wish people would just see me as a woman. Impossible. Because I, I, I believe it's fair to say, in all likelihood, a biological male, even undergoing puberty blockers and receiving cross-sex hormones, will likely not have a female pheromone scent. Why? I do not believe, assuming pheromones play a big role, maybe they don't, but I believe that it's likely the smell that is emitted from a male will be male. Now, maybe there are people that are attracted to both. There are. Jazz is going to have to find someone who is, has those, uh, uh, you know, those predilections. That's going to be very, very difficult. More importantly, your average male is not going to want to be with someone who can't have a family. I say average male. There are certainly many men who don't have kids. There are certainly many women who can't have kids and they find happy relationships. But most men, they want to have families. You can't have a family with Jazz Jennings. That's why I'm, wor- I'm worried about these individuals. And I hope I hope something is done to protect them. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up tonight at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then.